and welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. Today we are discussing top 10 slasher films without a sequel. Interesting lists I'm sure we are going to hear today. And uh, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, spread the word about the podcast. Where you can find it is anywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you can get this astute, esteemed uh, horror movie music podcast. Uh, without further ado, we're going to bring our guests on and uh, we're going to get into top 10, our, our lists of top 10 slasher films without sequels. And uh, we have our uh, guest slash co-host slash uh, list assemblers for our top 10 slasher movies without sequels. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Hello. Hello. We got uh, hey. we got Sean Henderson, we got Eric Tyler, we got Brian Tyler, and we got Dan. I'm not gonna put any of my movies in any kind of order. I'm just gonna have a list. Clausen. If you think that is that big of a deal, please write. That down. is that is my legal middle name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, so obviously slasher slasher movies uh, goes without saying. The biggest boom of them was in the 80s. We all know this. Anybody listening to this knows that as well. So the uh, the goal here was to find ones that were maybe possibly unsung because they weren't part of uh, a franchise. Usually the franchised slasher movies got more recognition because there was one, there was uh, a plethora of them. Two, there wasn't an adequate... You know, promotion for certain films um, because they were, you know, either low budget, they were done by a smaller studio, there wasn't, you know, proper, you know, what am I trying to say here? There wasn't, you know, these are ones that have often gone unsung uh, until probably the 90s, the early 2000s when they came into popularity. We started seeing uh, these special edition Blu-ray releases. Uh, more recognition of the films, obviously, that either we either grew up loving, we discovered in our teen years, or even in our 20s, uh, films that had probably slipped through the cracks of our upbringing that we had either found, because uh, I know there's a, quite a few of them on here that I, I either found in my teens, um, there's a few on here that I found as a child, but most of them were discovered in that... Uh, that uh that plush area of uh probably like 13 to like 19 20 21 22 uh so without uh further ado uh the rules are of course there can't be a sequel in any way shape or form there can be remakes done of this these films but there are no sequeled uh movies allowed nothing with a sequel uh i thought that this was going to be uh, you know, because when you're talking top film, your top ten favorite slashers without sequels, there's a lot to choose from. As much as initially people would be like, eh, because if we did a just top ten slashers, there's a I'm sure there's a lot of sequels. You guys can agree or disagree with me. There's a lot of sequels that would show up in your top ten lists for best slasher movies. Do you guys agree or disagree? 
No, no. Yeah, a majority of them, I think. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is, you know, to the contrary of people usually saying that the sequels aren't as good as the original. I feel like in a slasher film, more than any other subgenre of uh, horror, there's uh, there's a lot of decent sequels out there for slasher films. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I think, uh, you know, I think a majority of the, obviously all the big, big, big ones were have sequels, for sure. We all know uh, Halloween Resurrection's the best in the franchise. Well, right, and uh, I was going to say that, that, you know, so oftentimes I prefer the sequel to the original film, so. That's it. We'll have to, we'll have to, I'd like to, to, to discuss that further uh, later in the spot, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh. I, uh I, I prefer a dedicated podcast to Halloween Resurrection. We might have to do just a commentary for it. That'd be fun. Once this is all said and done. We could do a quarantine where we all watch it together at the same time, you know? That would be fun. That would be a weekly thing anyway. We might have to Zoom and get everyone a video, a live video cast, and put it on YouTube. Yeah. What do you think Buster Rides is up to? Right now, currently, right now, he's um, he's probably watching his magnificent role in Higher Learning. I was th- he's making dinner, I think. No, I think he's oh. uh, I think he's doing prep for dinner. Maybe maybe right, getting well, a smoke. Let's get back on. on track. We got we got people falling asleep. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't heard Sean talk in five minutes, so let's go. Well, that's par for the course. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm going to go first uh, to give you guys kind of the lay of the land of how to do this. Um, I'm sure you guys get a good idea, but sometimes if you're like Sean or, or like sometimes Brian, you'll run through the list. You won't, you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. That's why that's number eight. It's, a, it's good. So, oh, I, I wrote shit down this time. Perfect. I came prepared. Perfect. <laughs> so so uh, we're going to go through our top ten, ten to one. Obviously, Dan's won't be in order because it's Dan. But, uh, and I'm going to give a quick synopsis on each film, what it means. And then after everyone runs through their list of the same uh, format, we'll then dive in a little deeper and break down each film. The films that were mentioned, the films that weren't, and so on and so forth. I, I, I will say, I, I don't know if I'm going to go in-depth on every film. but if that's You ain't got to go in-depth, but just be like, saw this when I was young, uh, always stuck with me, it's one of my favorites. You know, just uh, give a little tidbit. Okay. I mean, I'm not looking for uh, any kind of task for or anything. Nothing of the sort. So, uh, I usually like going last or second to last, but I'll go first this time. So, my top ten. Uh, the number 10 slot was somewhat difficult in this list. I feel like I came up with the, all the names for, or, you know, the names I wanted included in this, uh, were on the list, but it was so hard to decide what was a slasher, what wasn't. So, uh, so here, here it is. And especially, you know, thinking back, you know, it can't have, uh, Cannot have a sequel, so it was deemed tough at some points, but I got through, so we're going to kick this off. Number 10. Now, number 10 uh, is uh, actually, initially, when I did my list and I thought it was all set, I thought it was going to be another movie, but it wasn't. 
Um, my uh, number 10 is Terror Train, 1980. Nice. And uh, this is a film, honestly, I didn't watch it until probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago. Rather recent as far as, you know, the, the slasher movie fandom goes. Uh, <clears throat> I had always heard about it. I had finally checked it out, and I loved it, and uh, I felt uh, ashamed for waiting so long for it, because uh, usually I'm pretty good with trying to keep up with uh, movies that have uh, such clout as uh, Terror Train does in 1980s Terror Train, yes. And uh, number nine, uh, another great one, and I believe... I watched this for the first time. Maybe it was on TNT. I don't even remember. It was so long ago. I remember seeing it, and I remember it just being so dark. I couldn't even tell what was going on. And it, it kind of, it's very similar uh, feelings for the Blu-ray as well. 1981's Madman. Nice. Big fan of Madman. Uh, so then uh, number. Eight. Eight. Number eight. <laughs> so this is a movie I saw at a young age and kind of the, the art I always loved. I always loved the VHS art. And I remember I remember renting it and not really like liking it at the time because I feel like the, the artwork was uh, deceiving for me. Uh, I remember renting it, not really liking it, and then re-watching it years and years later with Brian one summer, Brian came over to the old Casa and we watched it and, uh, I was, uh, hooked and, and realized that I should have maybe paid attention and shouldn't have been so deceived by the artwork. Uh, 1988's cheerleader camp. Yeah. Nice. Big, uh, like I said, uh, was deceived by the, uh, cover art and the VHS, but, after I had rewatched that, I think we were probably 17, 18 at the time, I fell in love with it. So uh, my number eight, Cheerleader Camp. Number seven, uh, a movie that I think is <clears throat> is really uh, underrated. I think uh, there's it's very polarizing film uh, because uh, it's a slasher, but it's also kind of not. Uh, and we uh, obviously this is relevant for the the mo- time of the year we're in uh, the month a couple weeks past it April Fool's Day nineteen eighty six. Nice. Now, this was number seven. Number seven. Nice. Uh, nice. Again, uh, big fan of it. Polarizing. We'll talk about that. Uh, you know, Amy Still, Clayton Royner, uh, friggin' Biff. <laughs> Biff Tannen. Uh, old, old Tom Wilson. Uh, but yes, uh, April Fool's Day coming in at number seven. Number six. Number six uh, might be surprising uh, for some of you, and I hope that uh, I hope it appears on someone else's list. Um, and don't add it to your list after the fact, because I feel like you're all gonna feel you're all gonna feel a little bad for maybe overlooking this one. And so, if, so you're just telling us you hope it's on a list. But don't add it. Well, yeah, I want to, I want to truly know that you didn't add it. But I mean, now, now, if anybody else says it, you, everyone's going to think we added it, and we're not, we're not real, we're just fake. Jesse, I think you're going to enjoy it more if no one has it on their list, so you can just attack everybody. Well, that's there's okay. a fair amount of truth in that. So put the claws away. All right, let's hear it. Number six, let's hear it. Brian Thompson, one of the best facial villains of all time 
Going with 1986, Sly Stallone as Cobra. Oh, that's not on my list. That's not on my list either. It's not a slasher movie. Come on, though. Dan and Sean are currently adding it to their list. I'm not adding Cobra. I've, just... I've never seen Cobra. Well, uh, I guess it was played more as like a suspense uh, action movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. But it's definitely, I mean, one... I mean, if there if there's any backing that I need, it was put out by Scream Factory as well, uh, which at first I remember when they first put that out just a few years ago. I was like, I was like, that's kind of weird. I figured that would have just been a Shout Factory release, and I was just like, no, it's a slasher film. It's a tried and true slasher film, and it really is. And I feel like it just I, it doesn't get it gets overlooked. Yeah, I get it. I don't think of it as one. I, I wouldn't have thought about it, but right. I get it. Right. I get why someone would. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely consider. I always thought that movie. I mean, I love them. I love that film, and I, it definitely has horror elements. But I don't know. I guess I wouldn't. Say All it's right. Well, this settles it. Jaws is going on my list. Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Only- I like it. I like it. Let's let's uh, let's hear your number five. So, uh, 1986. Uh- Again, uh, third time in a row. We had April Fool's Day at 7, Cobra 86 at 6, and number 5 breaking in the top 5, another 1986 gem, though it was not filmed in 1986. I believe it was filmed in 1984. Uh, was not released until 86 for several reasons. Uh, another um, April Fool's Day uh, holiday traditional movie, uh, Slaughter High. Nice. One of my uh, absolute favorites, and uh, I do remember the first time I watched this one. Uh, Cobra, I, I watched uh, you know at some point uh, in my childhood from my old man watching it and being a Sly Stallone fan and finding it that way. But um, but Slaughter High, I remember vividly. It was on TNT late, late, late at night, uh, and I stayed up. I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was on TV, and I just kind of stayed up and watched it. And by the time it was over, I had to be up in like an hour for uh, school anyway. And we're talking probably like, probably like sixth grade, something like that, probably fifth or sixth grade. And uh, I watched it uh, probably from like, mm, I don't know, maybe near the middle, uh, uh, not too far in where I didn't know what was going on. But I watched it. I fell in love with it. Uh, Slaughter High. Love it. And uh, my number, my number four. Uh, and these, uh, next four movies, I feel like are definitively the four most, most important movies in all of, uh, Slasherdom. Slasherdom. Slasherdom, if that, if that's a thing, it is now. Uh, Joe Spinell, Maniac, 1980. Nice. Jeez, no, no. Wait, what was number nine? Madman. Oh, okay. Sorry, I mixed that up. Okay, but yes, Madman. Uh, you know, just a another level of uh, you know creepiness added to uh, added to the the whole character, the whole movie, the whole idea with with everything that that movie you know is and was. I think, uh, and I don't think it could have been cast any better. And it's just—I feel like it's a landmark film. That's—that's that's my feeling. So number three. Now these next three all 
at one point or another were in the number one slot. They were they were num- they've all been number one, two, or three. I I literally mixed them around that much. It's very hard. So uh, my bloody Valentine number three. I mean, there's not much more. 1981 was a huge year for the slasher film. It was a huge year for the horror film. It was just in my bloody Valentine. I saw it at a young age, and for years I couldn't remember what the hell the name of it was because I saw it randomly on like whatever channel, and then finding it finding out what the name of it was and just you know worshiping that movie for years i feel like that is a is a cornerstone in the slasher movie genre and i'm sure we will talk much much more about it and uh number two now this could have easily been number one and uh, i'll justify why my number one is my number one and not my number two uh, this, I feel like, in my opinion, is what I think started the modern day slasher. What we know, what they came to know was a slasher movie in the 80s. What we consider a slasher movie now, through all of it, I feel like the, 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 the godfather movie of all slasher films, in my opinion, is 1974's Black Christmas. For sure. I mean, pretty much the original film. And just, uh, it was another film I saw younger and thought it was okay. And then upon rewatches through the teen years, just fell in love more and more and more with it. And, uh, Bob Clark was, uh, truly, a truly a genius could do anything as far as writing and, and, uh, you know, directing Mm -hmm. the guy was just, uh, he could do any I mean, kind of movie. He could do any kind of film he wanted to. And uh, to when you're when you when you're two big movies that are uh, Christmas Story and Black Christmas, right? Yeah, loved Christmas. Oh, Bobby and and Baby Geniuses and Baby Geniuses. <laughs> but uh, my number one, and the reason this beat out Black Christmas was because it it, it incorporated an element that I think is important to slashers, which is summer and summer camp and things of the like and i feel like it is uh it is the quintessential slasher film without a sequel in my eyes 1981's the burning i love it yeah that's your number one the burning my number one 1981 shot in uh in the new york area in buffalo right yep i believe so that, that was a that was the first uh, producer gig for for Big Harve, right? I believe so. Yeah, it, I think it was. They didn't they then he was part of the writing process, right? At the wine scenes, both of them, I think. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, because sure, yeah, I just watched it recently. I'm pretty sure the wine scenes helped write it. That explains a lot. Which is, which is crazy, obviously, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> It's um, also the first film role of the Seinfeld guy. What's his name? Jared Alexander. Yeah. Jason Alexander. And him and, and Holly Hunter. Yeah, Jason Alexander, that's his very first. I don't know about Holly Hunter, but... His hair was still thin in 81. He had hair, at least. He had it. You know, he got those bad jeans. I, can I, I, I thought he was cute in that movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bad. I, I can't imagine finding Jason Alexander attractive, but me either. Now, no. Here's a, a here's 
before I mentioned uh, an honorable mention, um, where do y'all feel with... uh, Do you consider uh, rape revenge movies kind of separate from slashers? Um, I've never thought about it. Just to me, yeah, kind of, but... Go ahead and mention it. So yeah, I mean, I feel like there are, there is kind of like a little tiny subgenre of like of perverse ass movies like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's hard. It's hard. They are like rape revenge movies, uh, but there are slasher elements in them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Savage Streets. I feel like it had slasher tonage in it. Um. But uh, obviously, Last House on the Left, and I spit on your grave. But I didn't, I didn't even want to put those as honorable mentions because there wasn't. I kind of real, I write them as rape revenge movies, not slasher films. But I feel like they influence, they highly influence slasher films as well. As far as humanistic humans, because I mean, as I look through all of this. You know, most most slasher films involve non paranormal, non supernatural elements. At least in the first few. Obviously, we know that um, Nightmare on Elm Street never really abided by that. But uh, Friday the Thirteenth was another film that started out. You know, was very realistic, and as did you know uh, uh, other ones as well uh, i mean you could even say you know obviously halloween but after the sequel started it took on more of a supernatural element yeah i mean i think there's definitely there's heavy similarities and i think they definitely i think you could make an argument that it's it's somewhat they're, they're somewhat of slasher slasher movies but i just don't i, don't I think they are they are tucked away in like their own little uh Section, I feel like they're like uh, they're yeah. like it's like calling but it's like calling a uh, newfound glory a hardcore band like they have a couple little breakdowns but you couldn't call them a hardcore band well also t- like like with great revenge films like you think of a slasher film you think of I don't know a, a guy wielding a big bladed instrument wearing a, a mask of some sort or whatever but you know if I think about Savage Streets. I, I don't think of Linda Blair. It, it, I wouldn't put her in that same category. You know what I mean? No. Well, that's why I said I didn't include them. Even as I did, would di- I said I didn't even feel comfortable even considering them as honorable mentions. But right. at the same time, like I have April Fool's Day on my list, and technically, no one <laughs> like it's you know it's all like a, a joke. No spoilers. Well, if you haven't seen it by now, come on. <laughs> But yes, sure. uh, who wants to go next? Uh, yeah, I'll go or, or Dan. Uh, Eric, you go. Are you sure? All right, I'll go. <laughs> My list uh, was actually listening to Jesse's list is, is funny because we have some. We obviously have a lot of the same films on the list, but they're like in, in very different spots. So, so no, no judging, like we always say. But uh, I'll start with the number ten for me. Uh, 1981's uh, The Prowler, old Joey Zito directed uh, The Prowler. I think when it comes to, um, well, when I was doing my list and thinking about it, I realized like a lot of these movies are 
a lot of these films, they all resonate from the same area. Like there's some sort of somebody gets, uh, you know, a prank or something, something happens tragically to someone at the beginning and then they end up coming back and, uh, and taking care of some people. I just, you know what I mean though? Like, like half the, I felt like half these movies on my list are, it started with a prank gone wrong. I just thought that was kind of, uh, you know, an interesting storyline that a lot of these people use. But yeah, obviously all the films are, are great in their own way. But I thought The Prowler, uh, one of my favorite uh, killer outfits, I guess you could say, when wearing all the, the military stuff and the helmet. I thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, num- number uh, 10, The Prowler. Nice. Anybody got anything to say? I feel awkward just me talking by myself. No. Someone say something. Yeah, I really enjoy the Prowler. I think that the outfit is iconic. And the death scenes, I mean, Tom Savini did the effects, and they're amazing. Well, I I got it on my list, too, so I don't really want to talk about it too much yet. Just want to let you do your thing, you know what I mean? For sure, all right. Uh, Number nine, nine, actually, the same exact thing as Jesse is Madman, Madman Mars, 1981. Classic. Um, Yeah, another classic, classic film. Uh, I actually... Uh, you know, I, I did a little, when I was making this list, I, I just wanted to look into and like, kind of read funny things about some of the movies or something. And I read that, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the dude who played Madman Morris, uh, he had a child born like during the movie, like literally while he was like shooting the film. So he like ran to the hospital after they were done shooting and he was like pretty much in full garb, like still like the bloody overalls and stuff. That's like, great. Like, like the first picture he took with his... Good dad. Uh, with his child, it was him, like, in the full makeup, which I find pretty Paul, Paul Ellers, is that his name? What's that? Paul Ellers, what was his name again? Can yeah, I think, it, I think that's what it is. I, you know what, I can't recall the name, but I think it is Ellers. It's the last name, so. Um, number eight, which uh, was, was, you know, this is another iconic film on Jesse's list as well, 1981, The Burning. Uh, as we said, Jason Alexander shot in... Uh, the Buffalo, New York area. Uh, Savini on that one too, as well. Special effects, right? Savini turned down one the, of the, the splatter the king. The king. Um, right, Sean, I say did. it. The king. Well, I gotta say it because you haven't said a word in twenty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, another one of my favorites. I, I thank BT for this one because uh, I was very resistant for a long time to watch this film, but uh, I watched it with him, and I've watched it since then. It's uh, 1981's "Happy Birthday to Me." I think this one has a really cool uh-huh. the story of this one is really cool because they kind of they kind of keep you guessing, but like throughout the whole thing, but they also they lead you in a direction of who the killer is and. Obviously, we we find out that it's just it's a crazy ending, and and, and the killer's uh, someone you, you don't really expect. But uh, yeah, so thank BT for that one because he, uh, you know, he's told me about it. I did. I uh, side note, I did. Uh, I did actually find uh, a Blu-ray copy of that, and and something I'm sure you guys can you picked them up too. I love that they've been re- releasing over the last few years these DVDs with the vintage VHS cover slipcover. You could find them usually yeah, at Walmart yeah. and things. They have, yeah, they have that for for, the, for Happy Birthday to me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm I'm looking at it from where I'm sitting now, and I just thought about uh, I, how much I love it. I that. picked that up in a in a dual pack with uh, when a stranger calls. Nice. I have both of those. 
It also has, uh, for I think one of the DVD copies has one of the worst uh, covers I've ever seen, too. Like they, yeah. Oh, with like the glowing eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they changed like, the uh, music, too. They yeah. replaced the score with like disco music or whatever. I feel like yeah, that cover art. I feel like that cover art with the kebab going in his mouth is very iconic as far as thinking about uh, the older VHS covers for sure, too. Yeah, that, that is an iconic. Uh, it's such a. I guess it's because it's such a random and a different cover. It's just a like dude with his fucking mouth wide open with a kebab about to go through it. But For some um, reason, I always thought that that was the guy, the Axel from um, part four. The guy who was the Super Bowl of self abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you All for right, the chuckle, so Brian. I appreciate it. I know it's. <laughs> did it sound like mentally challenged? Because it it did like in my head. Uh, I think it's spelled. We have a name for that now. What is the new name for it? Half brain. Half brain. Half brain. Okay. Oh yeah, we gotta stop talking about stuff like that on here. Yeah, you're right. It'll offend all five <laughs> listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna remove all the downloads now. Um, all right, so number six uh, for me, uh, a newer film, uh, two thousand six, Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Wow! Uh, oh, that's good. Choice. I didn't think about. I think it's uh, obviously the the premise of the film is awesome. It's you know like a documentary style of of what goes into being. Uh, a serial killer of, of leading up to the the murders and the, the psychology behind it. Such an original film, I think. Uh, uh, just a great story. Obviously, we got a little little cameos from Robbie England and uh, BT's uh, crush Zelda Rubenstein, uh, her last film. But uh, mm-hmm. just a really really cool really cool movie. Um, Really original story. Definitely one of my favorite newer I, uh, slashers. I swear they announced a sequel to that like 10 years ago, and it just never happened. Yeah, it never happened, right? Never happened. I, I wonder, I wonder how, much, how much went into that. Cause that was like, they announced it, right? Didn't they announce like a sequel, and it just, I wonder what happens. That's something we could look into for sure. But, um, but obviously, the silence tells me I need to keep going. So, uh, number five for me, uh, <laughs> 1989. Cutting, cutting class. Whoa, coming in at what number? What's that? Coming number in at five. what number? Five. Holy sheep shit. Why, why the sheep shit? I, I'm curious. I, I, was sh- I was shocked that it's, it, it's high, higher, mid, you know, in the middle of your list. I was, I wasn't expecting Oh, okay. It. Okay. Uh, the, I don't know if that's good or bad. No, good thing, good thing. Good thing for uh, sure. Obviously, well, Brad Pitt, uh, one of the greatest actors in history, is uh, one of his first uh, films. I think um, uh, we we highly enjoyed stuff. we highly enjoyed watching uh, the Vinegar Syndrome after we bought it at uh, one of the Monster Manias, and you, Brian, and myself watching it while uh, while Jen and Bridget were on their phones and just kind of were like, "What the fuck are we watching?" <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, I ha- yeah, I had that release. I'm actually I want. Uh, they did obviously all the limited edition slip covers for it, and I'm uh, been scouring eBay to find one. But people want, uh, you know, they want to sell these slip covers for what the what the movie's worth or, or more, which is just shocking to me. But uh, Jill Sholin and uh, Brad Pitt, who got engaged, 
since they met on this movie. Obviously, they didn't get married, got engaged. Uh, another thing I, I read funny about this film, just a little stupid thing, is Brad Pitt must have been like exactly how he acted in the film. He must have acted like that outside of it too. Because I read in between a take, he flashed his dick to a, a, pa- a passing car. And uh, they they called they call the cops on him, and he had to like get questioned by the cops like during the filming of this movie because he flashed his teen peen out there, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, how fucking stupid does whoever called the cops on him feel now? Be like, I saw Brad Pitt's dick. I had to measure whoever did it was probably super old at that time. They're probably long gone. Am I right or am I right? I mean, you're right. You're also, right. Also, who do you think was the sh- who was the reacher in the the Jill Shaw and Brad Pitt? Uh, relationship. <laughs> I think they were both reaching. What? At the time, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Jill Schoen wishes that she stuck around. Oh, yeah. She would have taken I mean, lessons Brad, on how to do it right if she knew what Brad would become. <laughs> we know Brad's single at this point, so, you know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe they'll rekindle. He was obviously confident enough to start fucking flashing people in the middle of the set, so Jill... Yeah, was, I mean, it makes... Go ahead. Jill was Jill was getting uh, provided well and hearty with that. Oh my lord! Did you just say Brad Pitt is single? Yes. Yep. Since when? What do you mean? I don't think he's even dated since he broke up with Angelina Jolie. I I I don't keep up on TMZ. I don't know what's going on. Well, neither do I. I just know that uh, him and Angelina Jolie uh, called it quits. So. Oh, all right. I mean, maybe he's dating someone, but he made a comment in one of the award shows when he won an award for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that he was... Uh, Why, Dan? You think he lifted the restraining order on you? <laughs> uh, I know. I was hoping Dan, you, so. Dan, you do sound like way more excited than I've ever yeah. heard you. Dan, Dan, was obsessed, Dan was obsessed with 12 Monkeys, so... <laughs> no, he wasn't. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> all right, let's get back to that treat. All right. right, I'm sorry. All right, so I'm on number four here. Number four, uh, 1974, like we said, one of the original slasher films, Black Christmas, directed Ooh. by directed by Bob Clark, who made Sean's favorite movie, Porky's. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got. Uh, obviously, there's some disturbing ass uh, the, the phone calls in this uh, in this movie. Uh, some of the shit that says is just fucking grotesque. Some shit that I'm sure Sean and Brian have used on people when they used to prank people back in the day. <laughs> I've um, definitely heard Sean say it. And not only, you know, uh, you know, one of the first slashes was a lot of the elements of the movies with the calling and stuff. Obviously, you see in later films, so it obviously influenced a lot of stuff. Black Christmas. I heard it uh, had a different name, but Bob Clark uh, fought for the Black Christmas film. I think I can't remember what it was called, but uh, sometimes I and, I and I could be wrong about this, but. I think the name of a film sometimes helps out things sometimes, you know what I mean? For sure. Like, there's definitely some great movies that have shitty names, but I feel like sometimes it's just a... Like, would Halloween have the carry the weight if it was the babysitter murders? I don't know. No. Probably not, right? We'll never know. We'll never know, yeah, we'll never know. All right, so moving on. Uh, number three, 1981, one of my favorite Halloween costumes by a gentleman in this, uh, on this podcast... Uh, My Bloody Valentine, a Canadian classic. Indeed. One of my favorites. A landmark, uh, a staple. For sure, for sure. Another one of the 
probably the greatest costumes of a, of a slasher, uh, of a killer in all of the films. Uh, Dan, you want to speak about your costume at all? Was it a real, uh, was it a real pickaxe? No, I think it was like a Minecraft um, prop or something. Like it, was, it was directed at, it was like for 10-year-old children, but it worked. <laughs> Uh, that not, was really not, awesome. That... Not for uh, nothing, but several people from that film have died of cancer for some reason. When well, I say several, I mean like five of the cast members have died of cancer. Well, you know, the mining, a lot of people got the <laughs> black one, you know, so maybe they just hung out in the mines for too long. Am I wrong about that? And I feel like three of the five had the same cancer too, but go on. <laughs> Harry Warden. Alright, number two. Hair Dog. I was one years old, and I watched this when I was one. I swear to you. I was one, and I watched this film. Uh, April Fool's Day. I'm just kidding, guys. I did not want any, Nobody's saying anything. But April Fool's Day. I laughed. One of the funnest movies. One of the funnest slasher films ever. Uh, such an, Just another super original story. As Jesse said, uh, not to spoil anything, but does anybody really get murdered? We don't know. I'm not going to tell you yes or no. But uh, So maybe it's not even a slasher film at this point. Maybe it's just a hoax film. Wow. Uh, that, that was high up on the on the list. I did not expect that. Eric, I guess he's really critical of my list. We're gonna no, I, it's right positive now. fucking things <laughs> I'm saying. Hey, don't listen to the negative. I, I wasn't being you. negative. Did you know, Eric, that fucking mom and dad me. saw that? Goddamn the nerd. Okay, carry on without me, please. No, no, keep going. What'd you say? Mom, my mom and dad. Mom and dad saw it in the theater. Did you know that? I did not. That's interesting. You think mom you or very well? You very well might have been there. Or they had a babysitter. I don't know. If I left me in the car in the hot sun, when, when did it come out? What month? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know the. I don't know. I wasn't. Um, anyway, yeah, that, well, that's interesting. They went there, but yeah, it's like super fun, super original. Obviously, all star cast. Um, anything that's got Biff Tannen is good, good in my book. So, number one, the exact opposite of one Jeff VHS here, 1980s Terror Train. Jimmy Lee Curtis. Woo. I just, I don't know. I just love this. Uh, maybe it's just it's super fun to me. This movie, I, I just watched. So many times. Um, yeah, I I love watched it. I love the setting, the Halloween party on the train. I just everything about it. David Copperfield, you know, it's a New uh, Year's Eve party asshole. All right, New Year's Eve is just. I don't need you. Don't need to call me an asshole. First off, no, uh, no maniac on your list, Eric. Right? Maniac is not on my list. In my honorable mentions, I obviously I like the film. It's just not. Uh, I thought that these ten uh, slashers were uh, meant more to me than Maniac. I apologize. No, I, I I'm mean, just interested. Can I? Uh, you the Tylers need a real friggin'. You guys need to ease up. I mean, we're under the microscope. No, I, I'm just. About? I'm trying to understand. Like, it's interesting information to me. No, where Maniac doesn't appear on your list. I'm, I'm not being critical of it. I'm saying, oh, like, that's interesting that, you know, I see that that uh, April Fool's Day meant so much to you that it appears in the top of your list, and I have it number, whatever, seven on my list because I love it, 
and I'm interested that it was higher on yours. Like, I like that. Like, I'm not being yeah, critical. No, no, I'm, we're good. We're good. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, Maniac, I, I, I will admit, I've, I mean, I've only seen maybe once or twice. I, I just, it didn't hold the same weight. You don't like, uh, you don't like self-reflection is what you're saying. You know, that's why you did like Maniac. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it reminded me a lot of myself. Okay. I give. I usually give a, a large pizza the same Joe Spinell look, like I, but I choke the pizza instead. Uh, I have a few just random uh, honorable mentions. I'll just re- I'll just quickly read them off. Some of them you guys might not think they're uh, slashers, but I have House on Sorority Row, nineteen eighty two, uh, Stage Fright, which uh, you know it's Italian. I don't know. I think it makes the list, right? It's a slasher. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Maniac, of course. And then I had a couple newer films. I had, I had Your Next from 2011, directed by Adam Wingard. I had my last two, uh, you know, uh, some people hate them, but From Hell with Johnny Depp about Jack the Ripper. I thought that was a fun movie. I like that movie a lot. And uh, we'll end with a comedic type movie in Hot Fuzz. That is definitely a slasher film, for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's my list. What do you guys think? Like, like I said, I, I think yeah. it's interesting to find more stuff out about your taste, even though we're best friends. I like seeing that <laughs> some of those movies meant more to you than certain movies. I like it. I approve yes, of your yeah. I approve of your list. I wasn't now when I say when I go, Wow, interesting. I'm not trying to be a fucking peckerhead the way BT picks his Bob Ross paintbrush out and fucking car- caricatures me into a fucking dickheaded cocksucker. I didn't say anything. Hey, that literally. You are right. You are right. It is cool to see everyone's. Uh, you know how, how we we know we know we all love these movies, but to see where people rank them higher or lower or yeah, that's what I'm saying. Stuff. So all right, well I'm here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go grab another beer. Who's next? Uh, Sean. I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. Perfect. We'd welcome. We'd like to welcome Sean to the podcast. He's just joining us. Oh, yeah, I woke up. He just woke up from his nap. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you can't talk because you fucking sleep for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Sean, would Is you? Uh, Eric back yet? I'll wait till Eric gets back. Well, I know, but uh, start to start talking a little bit about your number ten. You're- I got to talk about my list in general. I realized when I was making this list, this is like the entire Brian Tyler collection of movies that he showed me. So was what, you, yeah. what you're saying is you have Brian to thank for all your selections. Pretty much. If it wasn't for Brian, this list will not be here. Uh, I will say that I had uh, I had one movie on my list for like the longest time that uh, I realized had two sequels, I'm pretty sure. And I'm like, well, I'm an idiot. What it, was prom, it was Prom Night. I almost did put Prom Night on my list, and I remember there was sequels. PT loves, loved Hello, Mary Lou. Oh my, that's one of my favorite movies. It's a great movie. Thank you. Wait, what number was Prom Night? No, no he almost had a... Oh, I thought you yeah. said... I was going to I thought you said there was. I was like, oh my God, this whole podcast just imploded. Just All right, Sean, yeah. kick her off. All right. All right, number 10. Eric mentioned this in his honorable mentions. 1987 Stage Fright. The fucking killer wears an owl mask. It's phenomenal. Love it. All right. Number nine. Eric also had this movie on his list. Uh, Behind the Mask. 
I thought was fantastic. Nice cool little twist on the slasher genre. All right. And then, uh, number eight, you know, the old Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey, just real quick. This isn't yeah. a race. It's not a race. Yeah, I get nervous. I start reading this off. <laughs> let it, let it. <laughs> the faster I read these off, the faster I can stop talking. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> All right. Number eight, Jamie Lee Curtis, 1980, Terror Train. Great film. I don't know if I want to answer. I don't know if I want to answer if I want you to get more nervous and just say something wrong. (laughs) All right, so that was number seven. Number eight. Number seven is Mad Men. Mad Men wasn't that a show? No, Mad Men. Oh, Mad Men. I never watched that show though. It was pretty sexist. I don't like sexist stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Number six, which I'm probably going to watch this tonight, maybe tomorrow. Happy birthday to me, 1981. That's right. Old Sean turns 31 tomorrow. I do. Happy right. birthday. Thanks. All right. Number five. I'm going to hit you off with the, uh, the old burn in here, 81. Number uh, four. I threw in a little Argento film, 1975, Deep Red. Number nice. three. Yes, thank you. See, okay, continue. We'll talk a little bit more no, when no, you're no, finished. No, no, if, no, if you want to talk about it, let's go. See, I, I oh. didn't include a lot. I would have I would have put an Argento film, but I, Brian and I kind of talked about not having certain films subgenre because f- I feel like a lot of our Genos films are crossover films. Well, guess what, well, guess what we just found out? We just found out that Sean does not read the group text. <laughs> well, I thought we were allowed to pull one our general film. Alright. Also, Jesse, you had Cobra. Eric had Hot Fuzz as an honorable mention. It's pretty much... I, I understand that, Brian, but you talked me out of putting Tenenbrae on my motherfucking list. I didn't talk you out of it. I just said why I wasn't Listen, doing it. Brian, you ever seen Hot Fuzz? Yes, I have. I'm just so saying how- you don't usually see it considered a slasher. I'm not well, saying it's not. What's it considered, though? I think if it is an action comedy. But there's well, a mass murder mystery. There's a hooded killer killing people. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I love you all. Sean, love you. Sean keep going. All right. Number three. <laughs> I'm going to hit you guys off with uh, Black Christmas. And then uh, number two, My Bloody Valentine. And number one, I kind of feel like it's kind of controversial because it's from 2011. But, you know, you're next. I fucking love this movie. Wow. At number motherfucking one. Wow. That that might be more controversial than having cursed at number three for your werewolf films. (laughs) Oh, I just had a blast with this fucking movie. Hey, listen. I was making this list. Wow, what's up? No, I agree with you. I I think it's... I love it. It's a great film. Could you do me a favor? Could you just slowly go through your list again really quick, starting at one? Why did you... (laughs) He go through it too fast for you. Yeah, I, don't, I literally don't remember anything. 
<laughs> That's how I roll. No mystery. All right. I'll slowly go through my list again. Just say the movie in the, in the ranks. That's that's all I that's all I need. Was that? So just say the movie and where it ranks. That's all I need. All right, number one, you're next. Perfect. Two, My Bloody Valentine, the original. Three, Black Christmas, the original. Four, Eve yeah. Red. Five, <laughs> The Burning. Six. Happy birthday to me. Seven, Mad Man. Eight, Paratrain. Nine, Behind the Mask. Ten, Stage Fright. Perfect. I I will admit I missed my bloody Valentine completely. What? When he was saying his list, I missed my bloody Valentine. Oh, I thought you meant on your list. No. No. All right, All right, one, more, one more, one more time in alphabetical order. <laughs> Sean, oh, fuck you. Sean, I, I got to say this. I, I love the way you give your list, but I like that. I'm, I think it was not the last two, but the werewolf in this one. You've given one out that's just—it's really just shocked the nation. That's how I roll. You're next at number one. Just shocked the nation. Who's uh, who's you. next? Dan or Brian? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeesh. You guys have already <laughs> said most of these these uh, films anyway, but... All right, here we go. Number 10. And I did actually, while you guys were bullshitting, I moved this list around. So this is number 10 to number 1. Like, this is my actual rank. Thank you for, so, abide, for abiding by the rules, finally. Of course. I just didn't want to hear you bitch anymore. Thank you. So number 10. House on Sorority Row. Directed by, oh. you know, Mark Rostin, the, who would go on to direct Cinderella Story, featuring Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Burry, which yes. I just watched yesterday. Great film. Um, I heard he was really roommates with Yuli Lomo, actually. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> number nine, Slaughter High. Yeah. Yeah, a, a April Fool's Day classic. Um, number eight, you're next. Wow, you're next seven. making two fucking lists. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. A little more uh, appropriately placed than fucking one. Hey, I mean, that's Sean's opinion. It's but, just uh, like your opinion, man. Exactly. Number seven, and this is one that nobody has said yet, but if I had to include it, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, that's oh is that is a good a, choice. Really a, a very underrated... Uh, TV movie from 1981. 81. Huge uh, year. Huge year for the slasher. I know. Think about 81 and the slasher. I mean, Jesus. Right. I mean, I, I would... <laughs> 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 I, I had I no other input. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of... Well, the, the Prowler is my next choice. Number six. I believe that also came out in 81, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah 81, too. Okay, good. All right, number five uh, would be. See now, I, I, I'm getting nervous. Like Sean now. Um, no need to get nervous. I don't know why. The New York Ripper, directed by Lucio Fulci, which uh, I guess you could say. Well, Torre. You, you, you could say that, but you could also say that. Uh, 
you know, it, it's a Jello film or whatever, but I, I think it, it was, it's just as valid to call it a slasher film. And I'm sticking to it. Um, if we're sure doing that, Batman. if we're doing that, though, I'm taking Terror Train off the number 10 and I'm putting Ten and Bray at my number 10 then. All right. Continue. So we can change our lists. I like it. Number four, Madman. Nice, very Number nice. Number three, My Bloody Valentine. Nice, we aligned Number with that two, one. The Burning. Very nice. And Number one, Sophia Tacall's Black Christmas. Love it, love the list. Jesse, you knocked Terrence Train off your list. <laughs> I'm just like in shock right now. No, no one's no one's gonna say anything about the fact that I just said Sophia Decaux. I'm literally in shock right now. I, I I didn't know that we could include remakes because there would absolutely anyway. be I, I, okay. I knew it was a joke. There's no way that was true. I thought it's Dan. I who the fuck knows what we're getting? If if anything, I would have put Glenn Morgan's Black Christmas up there before I put that fucking turn of a movie. <laughs> Dan, were you, were you close to putting the Buy My Man up there? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's in the honorable mentions. Yeah, he has all the makings of a slasher icon, for sure. All right, sure. that was a great list, Dan. Thank you. Um, you went by, you went through it just a little bit slower than Sean. Uh, Brian, let's get into. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, Dan? Before we get to Brian. Um. No, I would say that that's probably it. Maybe The Ripper starring Tom Savini. Right on. <laughs> I just wanted to toss that out there. Anyway. No, okay. What about Mosley? Shit, Mosley, number one on my list. Yeah. I mean. All right. Uh, All right. Brian, let's All right. hear your Before top ten I list. Before I start, I just want to say something. Yeah, go for mm-hmm. it. What's holding you back? Okay. Hey, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no yellows on my list. That doesn't mean I don't love them. Okay. So, some of your favorites did not make my list, either because they're not, they just aren't my top ten, okay. or I just didn't think of them. Mm-hmm. So, don't be hurt. Okay. 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 Okay, so for number 10, mm-hmm. I have Jaws 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously. Uh, I have Cherry Falls. Which <laughs> has, <laughs> which has, it has three major things going for it, okay? It's got one thing no slasher has ever done, and it has a killer that targets virgins. Which is a very clever twist on the on the rules set up by Randy, right? Did he set up the rules? Well, he explained the rules, okay? Cherry Falls is I like that movie. And it has Brittany Murphy and... <laughs> okay, Jesse, mute your phone for a few minutes. <laughs> As Brittany Murphy and Michael Bean, two of the greatest actors of all time. One of those is definitely the other one now. But continue. 
Well, show Michael Bean some respect, okay? He's in some of your favorite movies. Anyway, number nine. I said is he six. definitely is. Mute your phone, Justin. No, I'm number the motherfucking nine. host. <laughs> Oops. Well, number nine well. is Stage Fright. Okay. The style in that movie is amazing. It's like Suave. Uh, what's his name? Rico, Rico Suave? And, <laughs> yes. Um, he learned from Argento and just cranked the style up to like 100. And it's amazing. And the owl mask is so iconic. And a lot, you know, some people might think it's ridiculous. I actually think it's really creepy. And that is. Do you think you'd go as far as to say it's iconic, though? Is it known throughout the entire horror world? It's iconic to me. Okay. This is my list. I mean, I think I think maybe that you know, if if you call yourself a horror fan, you know the movie. So. Well, yeah, but I'm also saying like that's being a little elitist there's some films that some people haven't seen i've seen stage fright but also saying something's iconic like i mean okay let me preface by saying this even though i've already started when i say something's iconic in my list it means it's iconic to me personally all right well please preface by saying iconic to you okay post i think it's iconic it has great death scenes and an amazing... I love the score in that movie. I think Simon Boswell did it. He also did Demons 2 and Some of Phenomena. So for number eight, I have April Fool's Day, which if I made this list like a month ago, I might not have put in my top ten because I hadn't seen it in so long. But watching it again, like it just brought all the memories back from my childhood. And... Just you know what really sells it is the cast. Like without the cast, without that group of people, it would I agree. be as memorable as it is. If you had the cast from Slaughter High in that film, probably wouldn't have translated. Oh shit! No one would even know it exists. <laughs> no, that's that's harsh because we all love Slaughter High. Number seven, which I feel like number seven is like low on my list, but all these movies mean so much to me. So remember that, okay. Number seven is My Bloody Valentine. Whoa! And I I think I'm not just being personal when I say this movie is iconic and the costume is iconic. No, I agree. Now this, yes, I do because I've seen it multiple, multiple, multiple times on horror movie t-shirts. Obviously, Dan cosplayed for it. And you know it's iconic if Dan's coming out and cosplaying for something because... Otherwise, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, why do we have to call it, call, why do we have to call it cosplay? It was a fucking Halloween costume. I don't know what the fuck you it's did after like, you left that party. Cause during the party you were slow eating friggin' French onion dip with a goddamn Lay's <laughs> potato chip. And can I say this well, cast, the cast in this movie, they seem, they just, there's something so realistic about them, like natural. And their Canadian accents are so thick. This is the most Canadian movie I've ever seen. Back the fuck off, man. <laughs> Number six, The House on Story Row. Man. And the one thing I'll mention is that ending is actually really, really creepy. I've only seen that movie once. It was years ago. I that That's one I got definitely got to revisit. Definitely revisit it. I'll pay you to. Okay, I'm I'm down for that. Number five, Taurus Trap, which 
Is this the first one that anyone's mentioned that has like a bit of like a supernatural thing going on? Mm. Let me see my list. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, I do consider this a slasher, even though he is, you know, telekinetic. But it still has a slasher thing going on. Do you guys agree with that? For sure. This one is amazing because it's just so, like, quirky and weird and creepy with the mannequins. Number, f- I feel like I'm going really slow. I'm the exact opposite of Sean and Dan. No, keep Good going. Time. Number four, happy birthday to me. This, I, um, the first time I saw it was really cool because it was, like, late at night. I was probably, like, 12, and it came, it came on, like, Cinemax or something random like that. And I was just like, I had no idea what to expect from it. But it has like such a great mystery. The death scenes are stupendous. And that twist is like ridiculous, but it's like awesome. Oh, yeah. Number three, Terror Train. Great memory watching it for the first time with you, Eric, and Dad. And I think the fact that the killer changes the costumes throughout the whole movie is really unique. Definitely, is it. I feel like it's definitely uh, one of the more unique uh, slasher films out there, despite it being bumped from my list from Ted, for Ted and Bray. <laughs> it definitely was bumped from your list completely. Number one and two are sort of like close, and I, number two is actually it was number one on my list, but I changed it, and that is Black Christmas. And I think it's probably actually the creepiest slasher movie of all time. Creepy than Mosley? <laughs> maybe not as creepy as when Mosley is finished, okay? But genuinely terrifying. It actually gives me the chills watching. And number one is just, I think I rewatch this more often than any other slasher movie. Just everything about it is special to me. From the killer's costume to the setting. I love slasher movies that are set in snow. And that is curtains. And to me, and I just mean this personally, as two of the most iconic scenes in any slasher movie. The ice skating scene and the chase scene in the prop house. I had curtains in the mix initially when I was compiling, but it didn't... I've seen it probably two or three times, and I really do like it, but I didn't grow up with it, so it didn't make my list for that reason. I just think it's it's kind of the best of both worlds. There were some production problems, and the original director got fired because the producer you know, just wanted a straight-up slasher. The original director wanted sort of a Hitchcockian thriller, and I think the final result is, like, like I said, the best of both worlds. For sure, for sure. So I got three honorable mentions. Uh, The first one is Bay of Blood, which I think is another movie that's one of, you know, the slasher slasher films have a lot of grandfathers. It's kind of fucked up. Like a lot of of grandfathers got in there. But this movie, if you watch it, it's like some scenes were almost shot for shot remade in the first two Friday the 13th. Didn't you have uh, didn't you have a uh, a suitor take that from you and not return it for an extended period of time? Yes, Dan McDonald, if you're listening. 
Did he ever return it? <laughs> like, I still have a box set with one movie missing from it, so... Bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, you Bring fucking it into scumbag. Um, number two, honorable mention, Hell Night. It's just a lot of fun, Linda Blair. And number three, The Tripper, directed by David Arquette, 2006. Nice. Awesome cast, killer in a Ronald Reagan mask, killing hippies. Who doesn't love that? It. Yeah, fuck hippies, fuck them. Well, right. yeah. The Charles Manson ones, especially. You know, take a shower. <laughs> I don't think any of them shower. Well, hey, that's quick, I can, can we can we get a new segment in the show where we we call is Sean sleeping? <laughs> I'm awake. Where, where we just stop every once and we'll make sure that Sean's still awake. Sean, I'm here. Wait, what did you? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> we get pizza or what? Uh, who, what's the most shocking thing right now from everybody hearing this? The most shocking thing I've heard from everyone's list is your next being number one on Sean's list. I'm a little upset that the love for Terror Train, literally people are, might as well just, they're literally taking that film out and they're taking giant shits on it. Nah, it's just, I mean, Tenenbrae is definitely better. If we're considering Tenenbrae a slasher, which I think we should, even though it's kind of a gallo crossover. Not, not a slasher. You broke the rules. I didn't break the rules. Everybody else broke the fucking rules, too, then. Oh, if I they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? How did I break the rules? How did I, how did I, how did I break the rules? Name your fucking list again. <laughs> I'll find, I'll find no. something. Because fucking Sean's the first one who broke the fucking rules. And then everyone followed suit. Well, Jesse put, um... Cobra. Yeah, so you just did Cobra did like uh, Deep Red. Cobra is a slasher film, though. That's not like opinion, it's fact. My wife just told me to stop saying an F word. <laughs> okay, guys, I gotta go. I gotta eat dinner. Alright. Let's fuck out of here, then. <laughs> well, alright. That'll do it for this podcast. That's it. We're not going to discuss anything else. No, yeah, let's let's discuss a little more. Oh, I thought we were going to, but then Brian's got to go eat fucking a goddamn plain bagel with cream cheese. I just, I just wanted to see what you guys are, were going to say, but no, I'm having pot roast. Pot roast? Yeah. Dan and Sean are appalled because they're like, <laughs> Dan, Dan and Sean, let's hear what you two are having for dinner. Right? <laughs> DiGiorno signature <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Uh, what? Leftover Domino's. Exactly. Two shitty pizzas. Why the fuck would you guys not order fucking... You're literally... I mean, Dan, you got pizza options out here. Sean, you're literally in the vicinity of arguably one or two of the best pizza shops in all the continental United uh, States, this, and you're fucking... I didn't pay for it. It was here at the house. I'm eating it. Don't even get okay. Sean started. Let's I, I, talk about. John <laughs> he, he um, denied some of the best food in can, in the area for no reason. I went to I went to Nina's today. That's phenomenal. Let's talk and about no. It's no New York pizzeria. That's for sure. That chicken farm they had earlier. That's shit. 
we're, we're still recording, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's <laughs> talk about the Giallos, or however you want to pronounce it. And Giallo. how they are similar to, but may differ from, but could be considered slashers. And the conversation we had yesterday. Are you just talking about the Adrian Brody movie? No. It was a joke. Oh my god, I'm leaving. <laughs> You know, if I'm oh, going anywhere, what? Yeah. So you can post your goddamn vinyls on fucking Instagram? Oh, wow. Maybe I'll post a selfie like you. <laughs> I don't post fucking selfies. And I don't fucking like you. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the Gallo Giallos. Well, in in the group text yesterday, Jesse and I, I guess, we thought we were talking to everyone. Apparently not. But <laughs> I, I think you, did you ask Jesse? If PLOs could be considered slashers. Yes. Yeah, and I I think what I said was just like, I don't consider, I'm not putting them on my list because to me, GALOs are like a whole different thing. But they are... Obviously, they incorporate the mystery, the hunting, the search, the investigation of a killer. But yeah, to me, that's that's what makes them different. Have a different feel to me is that there's more of an emphasis on the investigation of the murders, and often like the detectives or the main characters or um our main characters. I mean, I think honestly, if you get down to like the brass tacks of it, I guess I mean they are they are slasher. So here's I the mean. exactly, but so in essence, Cobra. Is a giallo film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but um. Everything is everything, man. Giallo's kind of like, uh, sort of a blend of both a slasher film and like a, like a, serial killer movie, like Seven or something. You see what I'm like, making? Sense? I feel like Seven could be a giallo film as well. Okay, I got, I, I gotta go. You're not going anywhere. How do you know? Pot roast. Fucking eating pot roast. Smoking the pot, eating the pot. <laughs> <laughs> what is everyone still there? What the? I'm here. Yeah, I was reading the back of the synopsis of the Cobra Blu-ray so I can prove my point, and it—I mean, I ain't gotta read it because it already proves my point. Lieutenant Cabretti is one man is a one man assault team whose laser mount submachine gun and pearl handled Colt forty five spit pure crime stopping venom. Director George P. Cusimatos of Rambo First Blood Part Two and Tombstone Fame teams up again teams up again with Stallone for this thriller pitting Cabretti against a merciless serial killer. The trail leads to not only one murderer, but also an army of psychos bent on slashing their way to a new order and killing a witness along the way. Fortunately, her protector is Cobra, a man who delivers vigilante justice like no other. And it actually says, slashing their way to a new order. So it's a slasher. And a giallo, apparently. I have a question. I think it's honestly the greatest horror movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I have a question for Sean and Dan. 
Go ahead. How do you consider Jaws a slasher movie? The shark is the killer. No. Yeah. Jaws is not a slasher film. I okay, mean, but all right, you... guys, it's been a pleasure. If Jaws was wearing like a luchador mask and stabbing people with a knife, I'd say yeah. <laughs> but he's not. Would you? Would you consider Alien a slasher? And um, it, is, it is kind of a slasher film. So Anaconda, Anaconda is a slasher film, then. Yes. No. Oh my god. They're so an, like, they're really animal they're this. animal attack movies. Look, I'm just gonna keep on saying yes to get you guys going. So, guys, is definitely a slasher film, right? It has slasher elements. So, yes, yeah, they out of his fucking ocean. Jaws right. is overrated anyway, so there's that. I was curious. Yeah. All right. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye, Dan. I'm still here. Just so everyone knows. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up. Obviously, this one got derailed quickly, but it was very interesting I, to hear everyone's list. I was so excited for this one. <laughs> I, thought, I mean, yeah, this one was really cool, too, because I, I feel like we all had a lot of the same stuff, but it was... Um, you know, it was different. It, you know, one thing was number one yeah. on somebody's list. One thing was ten, and then bumped off someone's list. Well, <laughs> these are the movies that I used to like rent from Video King as a kid. And... That's real. How many times you say "video king" in this podcast? What? How many times you say "video king" in this podcast? I don't think any. Not this personal podcast, but like the rest of them. Oh, I'm sure a few times. I'm... I mean, I'm going to bring it up when I feel like it. We had two we had two video rental places in Canastota. So, you're going to you're going to talk about them. If you go on the outskirts though, you could have considered Lewis Point Market a third one cuz they had VHSs for rent too. They go mm-hmm. for rent, not just to buy? No, rent. No, oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, Lewis yeah, Point Market. I didn't know about that one when I was a kid. I rented Demon Wind there once. That's so awesome. Think about that. I, I think about it all the time. It fucking blows my mind, kind of. It was when Satch would say, I'm not driving into fucking town, even though town was literally less than two miles away. Like he's the fuck, <laughs> like he's fucking grandpa from fucking Lost Boys. <laughs> Just doing his taxidermy, hanging out. But yeah, a lot of awesome movies here. Uh, still shocked about Sean having your next at number one. Great movie. I don't even know if I'd put that in my... I I wouldn't put that in my top 500 horror movies. Oh, I love your next. That might have made... Like, you wouldn't top... put that 500? Think about that, man. 500. That's a lot of movies. <laughs> I think I have over 500, mov- 500 horror movies right here, and I put every single one of them above your next. And on the next Harkon Media Podcast, we do our 500 top horror films. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would actually get us a lot of views. They're just like, all right, here we are. And our <laughs> <laughs> Sean would still go through a 500 in record pace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean could like, probably do it right now. Yeah, like like 15 minutes or less probably. We know what his top two are. is fucking definitely going to be... Uh, your, your next Jaws, Cursed. cursed. Transformers, Dark of the Moon. That is a very terrifying film. Well, all right. Uh, wait, is, did Dan really leave? Yeah, he left. 
But I mean, that doesn't oh. matter anyway. But yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Hard Guy Media on Twitter at Hard Guy Media. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, except for Podbean. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one got a little off the rails. We're usually much more professional. Yeah, but I feel like this one that's still a, that's has... not true. There's been much worse ones, much much worse. What do you think was the worst one then? Well, I don't recall a specific one, but <laughs> I think the one you guys did, the Leprechaun. That one. Was. <laughs> that yeah, one was. I think. I think this is better than Leprechaun. I think it just had kind of a, a shaky ending. Yeah. It's an interesting topic, though. Like many slasher films, it didn't know how to end. So it just went black. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Maniac wasn't. Maniac, was that on your list, Sean? That was on my honorable mentions, but no one asked me for my list. What's your honorable mentions? Was... I turned off my laptop. I forgot. <laughs> well, it must, must mean a lot to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one asked for anyone's honorable mentions. They just said... Yes, Dan. Oh. What about me? I don't. I didn't get asked for mine. What about me? What about Sean, though? All right. All right. Next podcast, Strongo will be redeemed. I thought this was going to be his redemption. Yes. I, I have a feeling Jesse's, hey. not gonna, Jesse's not going to ask us back, I don't think. Well, Eric's the only one that's ever that sent me any fucking reviews or weekly picks, so. I'm well, you, I mean, you said that we're all a part of this podcast. It'd be kind of weird if I reviewed my own podcast. You're not reviewing the podcast. You reviewing what you just said? No. No, like reviewing a movie for a week. Oh, you said only one a week, though. Yeah. And no one sent me one this week, but Eric. Yeah, BT was going to send one in, but then you said Eric is doing it instead. Yeah. Yeah, and I also said send him ahead of time so I don't have to ask you. Never did. Okay. But this will this will wrap this for one the up. Audience, now you know how much of a hard ass Jesse is. It was a good time, guys. Wrap it up. All right. We'll see you next time on the Heart God Media Podcast.